Hi, I'm your host, Bella Page, and welcome to the Post-Concussion Podcast, all about life after experiencing a concussion. Help us make the invisible injury become visible. The Post-Concussion Podcast is strictly an information podcast about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. It does not provide nor substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or another qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast. The opinions expressed in this podcast are simply intended to spark discussion about concussions and post-concussion syndrome. Welcome to today's episode of the Post-Concussion Podcast with myself, Bella Page, and our guest, Vanessa Woodburn. I think what you're doing with this platform and normalizing these conversations about mental health is so important because everyone struggles. And the more that we talk about it, the more we realize, okay, we're all human and we're all going through this, we're all going through something. Today's guest, Steve Gosling. I've been trying to learn to grieve my old self and accept that things aren't likely to get much better after nine years of post-concussion syndrome. So the health and wellness practices that I do now are I'm trying to shift my mindset that I do them to keep my symptoms manageable, whereas before I was trying to do an experiment with different things to try and alleviate them. I feel that my energy is better spent loving myself, loving what I still have and what I can still do rather than burning my energy, striving and seeking to regain what's been lost. Today's guest, Kelsey Boyer. I kind of had like really bad PTSD on my snowboard. Every time I was strapping in and going up, I was just bawling my eyes out. As I was snowboarding and I was like, this is not right. What is going on? So I think I just kind of, yeah, I had a little bit of PTSD from it. So I was like, I don't want to hate riding my snowboard. So I'm just going to figure this out and take the time that I need and then get back on. Paul Bosworth, our guest today. Accept that sentence for what it is. Accept the fact that I have a symptom that it takes me four times longer to do a task, and this has been documented somewhere, and it used to frustrate me. Well, frustrating me is going to make more symptoms come to the party. That's just an announcement. Hey, symptoms, come to the party. Paul's mad. Paul's getting frustrated. Everybody come on in. Flinching, muscle spasms, headache, stutter. And so I do a good job. My secondary role is to not get mad, not get angry, because that can spiral into anxiety, that can spiral into depression. And it's just a matter of, you know what, I conk my head and I'm just not right, but I'm trying. I'm trying to get better. And as you try, you take that hill, you take the next step, and you'll see me on Facebook usually to say, keep going. Keep going on your path. Your path's different than mine, but we have commonalities all the way through. 
today's guest, Robin. Your brain, my battery, my therapist with Courage Kenny gave me a diagram and she said, you know, your brain has pretty much six burners if you look at the top of a stove. And that was part of my journey is to try to understand of those six burners, how much of each one of those burners was I turning up full blast. Today's guest, Raymond Siervo. No matter what the stigma is on head injuries, no matter what anyone tells you, don't beat yourself up. Take it as is. Take the bull by the horns and tackle that objective straight up. If it takes you a month, two months, a year, five years, who cares? Worry about yourself. Worry about your brain and your mental health and take the time that you need. Today's guest, Curtis Anderson. In the beginning, you have to ask for help. But then, you know, when you're doing stuff, you know, people are always trying to do it for you. You know, it's one thing as a survivor, you could take too much help. You got to just try to do it yourself. Because if you don't try, you won't get better. Nine times out of ten, you're going to be alone anyway. So you better do it while there's someone there. And I mean, certain situations are different, but. Yeah, there's definitely a fine line where I remember one time someone kept pushing, pushing, pushing. I basically said, if I wanted your help, I'd ask for it. Today's guest, David Hunt. Remember that in most cases, you know, any given situation isn't permanent. And so even if it is like the limitation I deal with, in certain aspects after 20 years, there's still ways to adapt and make any situation better with the right outlook. And I think lastly, what I would say is some great advice that I got many years ago is focus on what you can do and focus what you can control versus what you cannot. And this might seem like a simple concept, but it's definitely easier said than done. Today's guest, Annie Boudreaux. Like mental health things and physical things that our systems have separated them. You either have a physical injury or you have a a mental something, illness or, or whatever we want to call it. But what I've understood getting to know the nervous system more is that the brain doesn't actually differentiate between physical pain and emotional pain. It lights up the same parts of the brain. So I feel like that's important to speak to because that was helpful for me to understand. Today's guest, Taylor Vanderswet. I've just kind of gotten to the point now where it's like, I surrender. Like nothing else is more important than this body right here. Like that's the most important thing to me. And if I'm going to heal, like I have to, I've learned I've got to show myself that because pushing, you know, staying at work or staying in a situation that is, you know, flaring up my symptoms or making me feel worse just makes the healing a bit harder. So Learning to listen is huge and hard to listen to yourself. Today's guest, Wayne Rogers. So my best advice would be try to reach out to those that are close to you that you trust that are there for you and to support you. 
don't be afraid to lean on them a little bit. Today's guest, Chelsea Moore. No one ever thought to talk about my brain. And so, you know, if it's not talked about, you just assume it's not a problem. And then when things start to go awry years later, you aren't connecting it to those sports injuries that you had. And you assume that, you know, that depression, that anxiety, that irritability, or the intense feelings of anger that you feel are just you, but it's, it's not. And that's where I think there's this major gap in, in knowledge and understanding because it's an invisible injury. Today's guest, Michael Arnstein. There is the mental experience and the reaction to the pain and the physical changes that we have. And usually we are reacting to pain and changes to our physical limitations quite negatively. You know, we're really averse to it because we don't want to be experiencing these things. And so often we find ourselves wishing that we weren't experiencing these painful things, these uncomfortable sensations. You know, we might wish things were different or maybe how the injury has been a source of loss for us, how we've lost our ability to participate in life in the way that we used to. And so when we're telling ourselves these kinds of stories, I think that we're adding more layers of pain on top of the physical impacts of the injury, because now we have all of this tension resisting the reality of what's actually going on. And what we're really trying to do is control what is ultimately uncontrollable, and we're fighting against it. And we shouldn't really underestimate just how much pain and unhappiness and dissatisfaction can come from this sort of mental interpretation of our physical injury. Today's guest, Dr. Matthew Fothergill. Words are that catalyst for someone who has brain injuries. So words do have a physical effect on people. They get into your brain you have already a way of understanding it, which is now complicated by the fact that there's all sorts of physiological processes going on to heal it. Those words get, I mean, if it's not delicate, it can cause some things. The hard part about it is like, if you get so, so, so specific on that, you end up having like the burden of fear, not saying anything at all. So like, don't be afraid of failing and falling on your face in the communication stuff. But like just having that acknowledgement that the words are relevant. Today's guest, Jennifer Weimer. And I still have some dark and angry moments, but not they're not nearly as intrusive as mm-hmm. they once were. Yeah, it's something that I'm still working on with my therapist. Sometimes if I have maybe a sequence of days that are just more symptoms and I can't really pinpoint the why, why did I have an increase? Then I kind of, kind of sneaks back in. Like, why is it it happening? I'm so frustrated and angry about it. But yeah, the biggest thing is just therapy and time.
today's guest, Dr. Gerald Komarniski. I am of the mind, as many researchers are, that concussion is a lifelong injury. The goal of therapy is for you to regain a lifestyle that's free of distress. It doesn't mean that the injury never occurred or that you're completely recovered. And you might have emotional or behavioral changes that take place. You might have visual disturbances that linger. You might have auditory or balance issues that linger. But you do the best you can with what you have. Today's guest, Matt Campbell. Resting and sitting in a dark room is actually detrimental to health. Mm -hmm. So really, that's the biggest change that we've seen here of late is the implementation of aerobic exercise, of vestibular therapy, of taking concussions instead of a sit and wait approach to see what happens. It's the big push for let's take your recovery into your hands. Let's start working with some of the impairments that you have. And the sooner we can get working on them and the sooner we can help the brain kind of reconnect those neurons that are mismanaged and misfiring, the more likely, one, that we're going to get better. Two, we cut the duration of your symptom severity and your symptom overall lingering symptoms in half, three quarters, whatever it may be. Today's guest, Evan Bowie. I just want to say that during my time in the darkest, I felt like I was alone and that no one understood me, but I was wrong. That was just my mind tricking me is because there's, there's other people that were struggling with concussions too. I just didn't reach out to them because I didn't feel like they would understand me. But I mean, just if you're struggling, just reach out to someone because they more than likely will want to help you. And you just got to keep pushing. That's really it. No matter how tough it gets, you can't put your head down. You just got to keep going. Today's guest, Sarah Williams. I rest when I need to rest. I have to write down a lot of things. I use my phone a lot, either with voice memos or notes whenever I'm anywhere because I forget what, what was said two minutes ago. Other than that, I try to take on a task and complete it, but it doesn't always happen. So I just take things a little at a time. I think that's the best thing that I can say. Today's guest, Joe Dickinson. Do what you can, but don't push it. If you can get help and not just for healing but get help for that work do it because otherwise you're going to drag it out longer but obviously there are some things you're going to have to do figure out what works best for you because nobody's going to be the same dial it back a gear or two you don't have to push things as hard get what you need to do done But if that's all you can do, that's fantastic. That's a great start. And don't measure yourself against what you were before the injury and go from there. Today's guest, Michael Kaplan. It takes me back many, many years 
when I represented a wonderful gentleman that was in a head-on automobile crash. As a result of that crash, he sustained many personal injuries, which thank goodness he made a very good recovery from. But he also sustained head injuries in that accident. And unfortunately, although he looked fine and he sounded fine, he still had significant problems moving forward with his life, problems at, at work. To the outside world, as I said, nobody could appreciate the difficulties that he was having, which became obviously a very big source of frustration for him in his day-to-day life. And I took a real interest in this, and I wanted to help him in the best way I can. So that began my journey of learning about this invisible injury. Today's guest, Tiana Orentz. Grounding yourself probably is the most important thing. Knowing like where you are at the present time, which I don't know if you heard this one before, but a good tip is like the five, four, three, two, one, where you like five things you see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you like about yourself, and then one other thing that you just like want to mention. Like getting in that present spot, it's probably been the most helpful. Today's guest, Caleb Caymans. At the root of most concussion cases, I think there's a chronic inflammatory response that the brain just can't seem to get a hold of. And that's something I completely overlooked and I I really didn't think about diet at all. I didn't make the connection that, that food really is medicine and it can really help with that inflammatory triggers. Today's guest, Dr. Nidhi Shah. What I do a lot is take the caregiver on the side and explain a lot of times what's going on because for a parent or a spouse or a loved one to truly understand how you're feeling is impossible, next to impossible. So just saying, I just make sure I tell them to ignore or support any emotional outbreaks or any difficult moments or, you know, we try to provide a lot of caregiver support in that aspect too. Today's guest, Patricia Grotenhaus. I did not start to improve until I stopped daily symptom tracking. Because even as I was in the act of writing them down, I was like, oh, you know, I think I feel this today too. Yeah, now I feel this one too. But if I wasn't thinking about it and I was just carrying on with my day and coping, then I felt better because there wasn't that constant thought of, am I dizzy today? Did I remember what I was supposed to today? How bad is my pain today? Instead, it was just, well, this is my day. Let's just deal with it. Today's guest, Eva Shaw. I kind of lost myself for a moment because I was even like, I need some answers. I don't know what's going on with my brain. And my brain is who I am, you know, (laughs) without your brain, you're not yourself, you're not your personality. Yeah, a strong feeling of isolation for sure. And that really affected me. I felt unheard, not understood. But then I also, yeah, just didn't want like, 
people to feel pity, but I wanted understanding. Today's guest, Sarah Stein. So proper sleep is huge. I have a really serious sleep regime that I go through every night. It's pretty tough if I miss that point of falling asleep. Like I have to take my medication at eight. I have to be ready to fall asleep by nine or 9.30. And if I miss that period of time, there's a chance that I won't be sleeping that night. So sleep is huge for me. Another thing that helps me a lot right now is just being really patient with myself and learning this new pace in my life. I have to learn to say no to certain things that I would originally had said yes to. And then I also say yes to things, even if I know there might be some consequences involved with that. Like it's a constant battle. Should I do this? If I do this, this is what might happen. If I don't do this, you know, this might be better for me. That is a constant battle I'm going back and forth with every single day. Today's guest, Joshua Campbell. I think it's so, so important. Like when you are not recalling some of the info, I mean, it happens to me sometimes. I just call it my man buffering, <laughs> but it's quite literally like there's no connection. And that's one of the things that I love between the training and the nutrition is that you can start to build more plasticity in the brain. So you're building more connections. So there's more accesses for info. Today's guest, Diane Solano. The the brain is very energy dependent, very nutrient dependent, and very oxygen dependent. The minute you have inflammation pathways that turn on, your oxygen levels start to deplete. So I love nutritional strategies. Remember, root cause to reduce inflammatory pathways, not just the Advil and the Tylenol and the -the over-the-counter stuff. I get that. I get putting out fires. And I'm not saying that to get off your meds. What I'm saying is that there are options out there to get to root cause, which is what we want. Today's guest, Jamie Mocrazy. My mental health was challenging. People will say, because I had such a severe injury that happened in the blink of an eye. So the visible stuff, they were like, wow, what was it like relearning how to walk? And I'm like, that was pretty easy, actually, for me, because I grew up as an athlete. So I was used to pushing my body beyond what it could do. And all this was coming back to me. So it just took a couple of weeks to relearn how to walk. And then it did take some like about a year to relearn all of my motion stuff. However, it took years and years to deal with the emotional stuff. And so I'll say the physical stuff that you could see was way easier than the invisible injury portion of it. And that's something that affects a lot of people who've had a brain injury is all the invisible stuff and the emotions. Thank you so much for listening to the post-concussion podcast today and be sure to reach out if you ever need to talk. Has your life been affected by concussions? Join our podcast by getting in touch. Thank you so much for listening to the post-concussion podcast and be sure to help us educate the world about the reality of concussions by giving us a share. And to learn more, don't forget to subscribe. Subscribe.